Thank you so much for joining us today. We would love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment and visit NBCOcala.com stories to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to help support the ministry financially, you can give online or through our mobile giving app. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you so much. It is a joy and a privilege to be here, and I want to start this thing off right by giving honor to Pastor Tim and his wife, Alicia. I think he's one of the greatest pastors in the world today. They are just wonderful people, and uh, he wanted me to greet you as well. He sent me a a message this morning, and uh, I I know that he he doesn't like being away from here, and so I know uh, he, he also deserves rest and vacation, taking a breather. And so wherever he is, we love you, Pastor Tim, and thank you for the opportunity to be here. Also, uh, I, I got to say that I love Pastor Tom and um, the Fox family, for real, have been friends for a long time, and Pastor Ryan as well. We've been friends for a number of years, and um, typically when we get together, um, we have a good time. Uh, we don't get in much trouble at all. We just... Try to keep each other out of trouble. But Tom is really my twin. I know people don't really, you know, we just got different moms, but we got the same haircut and stuff. So I love him. Glad to be here and, of course, get to be here with my queen. I couldn't do it without her, Queen Elizabeth, my bride. My... He's all right with me. So, my Meadowbrook family, I am honored to be here. And so, I have a message that God put on my heart. And uh, the, the title of my message today is The Greatest Power on Earth. The Greatest Power on Earth. Um, and there's a story that the, the, this message came from me thinking about. I began to ponder the thought of trying to figure out. Whatever happened to the people, because there are several instances in the scriptures where people were raised from the dead. So I thought, God, whatever happened to those people after they raised from the dead? Because you know life was not the same after they got up, right? I mean, it's like, if you were to rise from the dead, how many know life would be a little bit different after that, right? So I just start wondering about that. And so I start kind of looking through the scriptures just kind of see, because I think there's like nine references where people got up from the dead. And I believe that even today, the, this resurrection power is still available to raise people from the dead. I know that it happens, and we as believers can walk in that as well. Um, I always dreamed of being able to do that, be at a funeral and be like, get up. <laughs> Jesus' name. I'm tired of you sleeping. Get up. <laughs> I used to dream about that. And if you are one of those people that were raised from the dead, I really want to know you, okay? I want to meet you. I want to shake your hand. I I want to know you. But this this resurrection power that I'm talking about is today, and I I don't want to just talk about the the, um, resurrection power that is available to raise you from the dead. I want to talk about the resurrection power that is available to raise the real you, the one that God created you to be. But some life circumstance has killed your dream. It's killed your ambition. It's caused you to live as a poser rather than the real you. That person, I believe the resurrection power is available today to raise that person back up. But also, maybe you're here and there's things that you've been holding on to that need to die. And you can't become who God truly created and redeemed you to be until that person dies so that the resurrected you can come to life and live well in this life that God has created for us to do. 
So I want to talk about that, and uh, I'm going to go to Lazarus, which um, most of us are familiar with the story of Lazarus. He's one of the ones that Jesus raised from the dead. And Lazarus, as you know, was dead four days. He was good and dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was real dead. Like, stuff was eating him dead. Like, he was gone. (laughs) And all of a sudden, you know... um, you know, they're asking Jesus to come because, you know, he's Jesus. He's a miracle worker. And why, if you got here, he wouldn't have died. Jesus, why you, why you wait so long to come? And there's a passage of Scripture um, where he responds. And I'm going to ask that if you would so graciously stand with me as I read this portion of Scripture just to honor his word. In John chapter 11, verse 21, it says, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for today, for the opportunity to share your word. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would give me the words to say and that you would also open our ears to hear and receive what you are saying to us today. And that as we encounter your truth and your word, may we be able to make application and walk as the children you've created us and redeemed us to be free to be us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So you have permission to amen this preacher, talk back to this preacher, it's all right. And I don't know where you, what your church upbringing is from, but you're allowed to talk back to me. Go ahead, preach. That's all right. Mm-hmm. He telling the truth. <laughs> Talking about you. Mm. Whatever. You just talk back to me, we'll be all right. All right? Um, and so this greatest power on earth, this resurrection power. So as a, again, I remind you, I was thinking about whatever happened to these people after. And so... There's a passage in John chapter 12 that talks about Lazarus. And beginning in verse 1, it says, Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. When the large large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Now, there's four observations that I made uh, in this portion of Scripture. There's four observations that give us a hint as to what resurrected people do. How do they live, resurrected people? Because when you come into contact with Jesus Christ, you're coming into contact with resurrection life. You're coming into contact with resurrection power, and something should be different. Something should happen. And so the first observation is this. Resurrected people rest in his presence. Resurrected people rest in his presence. Now, in this world, um, we, we work and we strive. We work and we strive. We work and we strive. And when problems come... We respond the way the world has trained us to, and that is work and strive. 
I got to get out of this problem. I got I to gotta do this. I got to do that. And I got to do that. And listen, if we learn to recognize that all we need to do is like Lazarus did, the scripture says that he was found reclining at the table with Jesus. Now, he was raised from the dead. And just this guy, Jesus, comes back into town, the guy that raised him from the dead. Now, if you were one of those people, if you were raised from the dead and the guy that raised you up came into town, you would drop everything that you were doing so that you can be in that guy's presence. Right? I'm definitely, I owe him my life. I'm going to hang out with him. And so it says Lazarus was found laying down, chilling with Jesus at the table. He's like, I don't care who cooking. I don't even care what food they bring in. I'm going to stay next to this guy. <laughs> and when he gets up, I'm getting up. But I'm going to chill with him, right? And this is what Lazarus is doing. Lazarus is, just, is, is laying there, and resurrected people are found in that place of resting in his presence. Because when you rest in his presence, what it is, it's a total opposite response to life's problems that you will have. While everybody else is scrambling and working and striving and working and striving, you can say, you know what, I can't change that problem that just happened in the first place. So what I am going to do is get in his presence because in his presence, everything that I need for this situation is in his presence. So I get in his presence and I rest there because Jesus did something spiritually for us that we don't have to today, thank God, we don't have to work for salvation. We don't have to work for peace. We don't have to work for, we don't have to work for any of those things. He's already done it. So all I have to do is just get in his presence and hang out with him. Just rest there. Just kind of recline in his presence. There was a, a Sunday school teacher that was teaching her class, and she asked him, she says, um, why did Jesus rise from the dead? And so this young man raised his hand, and he says, Because if he hadn't, it wouldn't be much of a story. (laughs) Which is true, right? We wouldn't be here. If Jesus hadn't raised from the dead, we would not be here today, worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, celebrating his life, resurrection, uh, and, and being able to experience this Christian life, this relationship. There's resurrection power made available to us, and we've just got to be able to rest in his presence. You know, Jesus isn't dead, right? There's a Muslim man that was, um, had converted to Christianity, given his life to Christ over in Africa. And uh, that is uh, a very unsafe practice. Um, your life is literally, um, would, can be taken and so forth and so on when you, when you make that decision. And so his friends asked him, why did you make that decision? Why, how could you do that? And he's, his response was, he says, well, let's put it this way. If you were walking down a road and when you, you got to a point where there was a fork in the road and there were two men there, one was dead and one was alive, which one would you ask which way would you go? I didn't say it. (laughs) He said it. But Jesus is alive. Just in case you didn't know that, he is alive. And so in this road of life, understand that this this rest that comes in his presence, somehow there's this, this, this work that happens that in you, when you tap into this resurrection power, he's, you come to Jesus and, you know, I've had traumatic events happen in my life. I've had some pain that happened in my life. And the world trained me to respond a certain way as a result of that pain or a result of that trauma. But when I come to Jesus, what begins to happen, for instance, 
I spent so many years, and I'm still having arrived. I'm still working this, 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 allowing Jesus to do this work in me. But what happens is because of that pain, I, I would work at keeping people away from me. Right? Because I don't want them to hurt me. So, you know, I, I had a problem with this area, this area of trust. And so I would work to build up walls and keep people at a distance. Because I had to control and keep this thing. And then God said, listen, son, I've asked you to trust me and love people. But we tried to trust people and love people. But when I get in his presence, the loving people become so much easier. Because everything that I need, I don't feel like I have to receive from them. I can receive it from God. Right? And that only comes from being able to rest in his presence, just to rest in his presence. That fear goes away, all of that control and all those things go away. It's kind of, imagine, imagine jumping out of an airplane, skydiving. And your tandem, you're attached to somebody. And you get up to the altitude you're supposed to get and uh, it's time to go, and they're saying, go now, go now. And you're like, because brothers don't jump out of planes. <laughs> and he's, go. And I'm like, I'm not ready to do this. I'm just, this is crazy. You're just thinking, no, you don't do this, brother. You don't do this. And they shove you out, and you see that ground coming. <sighs> <sighs> That's what I did. Oh, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Anyway, so passed out, and, and I hear this voice in the distance, Bernard, Father, Jesus. Did it happen already? I, I'm in your presence. And I come to, and, and it's, I see the ground still coming. <gasps> Bernard, you're missing it. Jesus, did it happen this time? (laughs) The ground's still coming. (laughs) Three times, three times. Get to the bottom, they're like, all right, bro, come on. You're going back up. No, I don't want to go back up. I'm good, I'm good. I don't want to go back up. I'm good. Go back up, and (laughs) while we're getting prepared to go back up, he's like, look, son, you got to breathe. He says, you like rhythm, right? Yeah, I like rhythm. He says, come on, let's, let's get in this breathing rhythm. Come on. <sighs> so the whole time I'm doing this, <sighs> just, just breathing, breathing. My heart's bumping. You know, it's like, oh, I can't believe I got to do this again. We get up there and same thing. Jump. <clears throat> we get out. Boom. And I went, <gasps> Breathe. <sighs> I thought that all my, I thought that I could protect myself by not breathing. (laughs) Think about that. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die. Right? We do all of that working and striving, but all we have to do is sit back and receive from the Lord. At that point, there was a coach that was talking me through the process. 
And you never can hear your coach if you're not willing to rest in his, in the, in, in his presence. Okay? So you got to take the time just to, just to chill out. Just be like, okay, breathe, Bernard. Just breathe. Just breathe. Holy Spirit's got you. I've done this a million times. I've jumped out of this plane so many times. I've been in this thing called life so many times. And listen, my resurrection power is made available to you today. So don't stress it. Don't worry about it. Just rest in my presence. We're going to make it through this. The second observation is resurrected people partake of his provision. Resurrected people partake of his provision. All right, in John chapter one, uh, chapter twenty-one, um, there's a story. Now Jesus had resurrected, um, uh, and he had revealed himself to his disciples a couple of times. And on this particular occasion, the disciples, you know, they're like um, the, their leader, their fearless leader, has has passed away. He's he's died. He's gone from them. He's uh, and they don't know what to do. They're like kind of like. What do we do now? I mean, we spent three years changing the world, and now he's gone. What do we do? Let's go fishing. So they go back to what they were doing the first time. Jesus took them out of that business to show them how to be fishers of men, but they're like, well, he's gone now, so what do we do? Go back to fishing. So they do. They go back out fishing, and they are out all night, and they're still the same sorry fishermen that they were before Jesus met them. They caught nothing, all right, all night. They're like, huh, we ain't caught nothing. So then off on the shore in the distance, they hear someone say, hey, did you guys catch anything? Nope. Tossed your net to the other side. So they did. I mean, they hadn't had any luck, so they tossed it over the other side. All his fish jumped into the net. When that happened, John, he was on the boat, he goes, that's the Lord. Peter goes, what? Where? And it says he put on his clothes and jumped in the water. I don't know what he was doing fishing naked, but he, he was. I, I don't get it. But that's what the scripture says, John chapter 21. He put on his outer garment. And he began to swim to shore. He swam to this guy that's out there. And as he's swimming, the other guy stayed in the boat and came to shore and Peter gets up to him now. They, obviously, they had a hard time recognizing. They were all scared to ask, is it the Lord? Because what's interesting is they didn't recognize if it was him physically, but they recognized the miracle. Like, I, I, don't, need to, I don't need to see you face. I, I don't really need to understand, but I recognize your ways. And a bunch of fish, we fished all night, and all of a sudden there were no fish. You said, move it to the other side. I saw this happen before. That's the Lord. Resurrected people partake of his provision. When they get on shore, Jesus, as the scripture says that he made a fire and there's bread sitting on it and fish sitting on it. And Jesus asked them, did you have breakfast? And they're like, no. He said, well, bring the fish that you caught. And he goes ahead and Jesus serves them food. Resurrected people partake of his provision. If you need peace, it's in Jesus. If you need joy, it's in Jesus. If you need a sound mind, it's in Jesus. If you need love, it's in Jesus. If you need hope, it's in Jesus. 
Whatever you need, if you need wisdom, it's in Jesus. All we have to do is rest in his presence and partake of his provision. There is nothing that you could uh, face in this world that he does not have provision for. And it comes through recognizing his resurrection power is in you. This resurrection power is uh, some people, many people live and never really pay attention to this power that's available, never really tap into it. Um, it's really hard to stay in the, in the realm of the kingdom of God when you're living in this earth and everything in this earth is pulling you away to live the way the world does. And so we fail to recognize the wealth of power and provision that's been made available to us. And it reminds me of the old show, Jed, you remember Jed Clampett? Right? Beverly Hillbillies, that was one of my favorite shows. Right? I, I used to love that show. Come and listen to a story about a man named Jed. The poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed. Then one day he was shooting at some food, and up through the ground came a bubbling crude oil, that is. Black, black gold, Texas tea. Right? Well, the next thing you know, oh, Jed's a millionaire, right? The, the more of the story, even though it was Hollywood. His whole life living one way, but the wealth was there the whole time. And that's how we treat this resurrection power. We will go to other powers, we will go to other things to meet our needs, failing to realize the greatest power on earth is right here. Right here on the inside of me. Ephesians chapter uh, 2, actually uh, Ephesians chapter 1 says this, beginning in verse 15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Everybody say, know him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know, everybody say no, the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead, And seated him at his right hand in heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked. Not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. God wants us to know this power. He wants us to know the riches of the inheritance that we have received. This resurrection power will change your world. It will change your life. So the third observation, remember the first one is to rest in his presence. The second one is to partake of his provision. This third one is to witness his power, to witness his power. Now, a witness does this. A a witness testifies of what he sees or what he experiences. A witness testifies of what he sees or what he experiences. Now follow me for a second. I spent, I'm going to talk about me because I don't know you. 
I spent a lot of my time being a witness to the pain in my life. Now, whether I ever told people what happened to me, they experienced my witnessing because I would either push them away or I would act out some kind of way witnessing to them that I have an issue, but I'm not going to tell them what my issue is because I'm a witness to the pain in my life. I'm telling them without words many times that the power that you're seeing in my life is not of God, but it's real. Until one day, I met Jesus. And when I met Jesus, his resurrection power came into me. And the thing that the enemy meant to kill in my life, Jesus resurrected. He says, no, Bernard, I'm going to resurrect the real you, and I want you to be a witness of my power. I want you to be a witness of my grace. I want you to be a witness of my resurrection power that can bring you to life, the real life that I called you to do. Your calling has not died. Your purpose has not died. Because you've connected with me, I'm about to launch you back out into the purpose that I've called and created you to walk in. So now I stand before you as a witness of Jesus' power in my life, right? Telling you what I've seen or experienced. I've experienced his resurrection power. Many of you have experienced his resurrection power. People look at you and they go, how did you make it through that? How did you get through that? That's the power of Jesus flowing in you, through you. People look at you and they can't figure out how in the world are they doing that. That is the resurrection power of Jesus. And all we have to do is be a witness to that power. There's no work. There's no effort. In fact, the scripture says people came to see Lazarus because they heard he was resurrected. They came to witness it. They were like, I got to see this for myself. I got to see this. When you allow Jesus' resurrection power to flow through your life, people will come to see. They'll come to see, which brings me to the fourth observation. The fourth observation is this. Resurrected people walk out their purpose. Resurrected people walk out their purpose. In the scripture, in John chapter 12, it says, because on account of him... Many of the Jews, are talking about Lazarus, were going away and believing in Jesus. Now, Lazarus, he was dead. He's raised to life. He did not do anything to get people to come to see him. He just responded to Jesus. That's all he did. He was hanging out in Jesus' presence, reclining with him at the table, and people came to see him. He didn't have to work at it. And as he's resting with Jesus, people are witnessing what Jesus did in his life. And without him having to work at it and draw people or promote his ministry, any of that, he just chilling with Jesus. And people came from all over the place to see him. And the scripture says that they turned and began to follow Jesus. Walking out your purpose, here's your purpose. If you're wondering, hey, what is my purpose in life? I don't know what it is. Why am I here? Why did God bring me here? What am I supposed to do? I believe I'm here for a reason. Here's what your purpose is on earth. Number one, to know God. Number two, make him known. Know God, make him known. In fact, the second part of that purpose comes naturally 
when you just know him. You get to know him. You get to hang out with him. You get to know him. You get to know him. You don't have to work at it. Now, last time I was here, I told you about uh, how my wife, after 49 years, has um, finally re- recently found out that she has 10 other brothers and sisters and a dad, and she never knew any of this. And we went to visit them for the very first time. Awesome reunion. Not a reunion. It was a first-time meeting, and it was awesome. felt like a reunion because it just went so well. And uh, as she's nurturing this relationship and getting to know them, and um, it's been really cool. But one of the things that happened is while we went there, we went there to California. And while we were there, um, <clears throat> one of uh, her sisters, her, um, it was a brother-in-law, he asked, um, he began to ask me some questions. Now, as he began to ask these questions, it, it turns into a conversation of questions about God and and this or that, and we talked for probably 40, 45 minutes with him asking question after question. He's Jewish, and he's not religious. He, he was not given any religion uh, whatsoever. He had a lot of questions that he began to ask. Now, I did not walk around saying, I'm a pastor, I'm a pastor, I'm a pastor. Come and talk to me about Jesus, and I'll help you. I wasn't doing that. But in my presence, he felt something. And it provoked him to continue to ask questions, ask questions. After we were done talking, 40, 40 uh, minutes or so later, he, he says to me, he says, man, I am 99.9% convinced that everything you're saying is true. I'm like, well, come on in, bro. you there. You're already there. That other percent is fake, so just come on in, right? We didn't, we didn't get there yet, but fast forward. He comes down here for the Daytona 500. I didn't know this, but the Lord prompted me to send him a text. So I sent him a text, and when I sent him this text message, I did not know he was in Florida. Um, and so he goes, man, I was wanting to call you. I was debating whether I should call you or not, but I figured you'd be too busy at the temple. <laughs> so... Uh, he goes, he goes, man, I wanted to, I'm down here hosting some people for the Daytona 500, and man, I, I'd love to have you come out and hang out with us too. He says, you think you can get out of working at the temple today? And I said, yep. <laughs> so I did. I just, I went up and, and I picked him up in Orlando, and we're driving, and as soon as we get, he gets in the car, our conversation picked up where we left off in California with him asking questions about the Lord. We get to Daytona 500, we're hanging out there, and we leave to drive, drop him back off in Orlando, and he's asking me questions. And when we get to Orlando, we leave the conversation with him going, man, every time I'm in your presence, I feel like everything's going to be great. I feel like I'm okay. I feel like I just feel so good. He said, I like hanging out with you. That's witnessing the power of God in my life. That's literally taking the time to walk out my purpose. It's effortless. It's not, I've got to work up this thing and I've got to promote who I am and I've got to be this and I've got to be that. All I do is rest in his presence, partake of his provision, witness his power, and all of a sudden I'm walking out my purpose because people are drawn to the power and the miracle that you are. What God's doing in your life, everybody can see. He's in his right mind. She's in her right mind. She's walking in victory. She's walking in peace and wholeness. It's this resurrection power that has been made available to us. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that today 
the resurrection power of God has been made available to us. And so I speak, God, to those that may have had dreams die, ambitions die, a part of them that has died. I ask that your resurrection power would bring life right now in Jesus' name. That they would be free to be who you created and redeemed them to be. And that every lie of the enemy would be brought down. And may your truth set them free. We thank you for it. Now, if you're here today and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, meaning this, you've never surrendered your life and allowed him to be your Lord and your Savior. This resurrection power comes as a result of having this relationship with Jesus. See, when sin came, it separated you from God, and Jesus came to restore that relationship with God. If you've never made that decision, I'm going to count to three, and I just want you to lift your hand as an indication saying, yes, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus today. One, two, three. Lift your hand all over this place. You're saying, yes, I want to receive Jesus. I want to follow him. I want salvation. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Fantastic, thank you. Fantastic. All right, you can put your hands down. We're all going to pray this as a family together. So would you all repeat after me, everybody in this room, Father God, I believe that Jesus died for me and that he rose again. So I make a choice today to exchange my sin for your righteousness. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord and I thank you for saving me and giving me resurrection life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, can we give it up for those that just made a decision to trust Jesus? Welcome to the family of God, man. There is a party going on in heaven right now. And Thank you for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.